Hi, everyone, and welcome to Procure Pulse, the third-party services podcast that provides you with current trends, best practices, and the latest supply chain news to help you stay informed. I am your host, Mickey Meehan. I invite you to email us with questions or topics that you wish to hear covered at info at conductive.com or connect with us on LinkedIn by following Conductive or on Twitter at Conductive Inc. Thanks so much for joining us today. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Happy New Year and welcome back to another episode of Procure Pulse. We are kicking off the 2023 Procure Pulse season with an episode exploring facilities and construction side of purchase services. Facilities and construction is one of the four key service areas that Conductive serves, along with clinical, non-clinical, and information technology services. My name is Lacey Gosnell, and I'll be hosting this month's Procure Pulse. I am a purchase service pro program manager with Conductive, but I've worked in the facilities and construction team at Premier for the past three years. As you can imagine, I'm super excited to be leading the conversation today. Joining me today is Hank Luton. Hank is a region director on the facilities and construction team at Premier. Thanks for joining, Hank. Can you introduce yourself and just give everybody an overview of, of what the facilities and construction team does at Premier? Yeah, thanks, Lacey, and thanks for having me. And we're super excited to be talking with um, this audience here today on the Procure Pulse podcast. So, as Lacey said, I'm Hank Luton. I've been with Premier for almost three years, and I'm a member of the Premier Facilities and Construction team. And we we wear a number of hats. The biggest thing that we do is try to support our members, um, our hospital systems and facilities, uh, with anything that we have contracted under any of our suppliers. So it could range from a large construction project to a small box of can liners. So we we are there to connect the dots for our members and, and, it, and it looks different for each member. It's a, <clears throat> it's a tough landscape right now with all the supply chain issues, the shortages is, and, and, and the price increases. And we're here to help navigate that those hardships uh, for our members and also celebrate some of those wins uh, when we can achieve them. You highlighted some of the, the challenges that the construction specifically uh, community are facing. Cost increases, supply disruptions. Can you just give us just some highlights or just an overview of what this is actually doing, what you're seeing in the construction space with all of these um, issues? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's important for the, the listeners to understand that our team, the facilities and construction team, we are by no means architects. We're not general contractors. We are just project support folks, and we're here to support the members in, in various ways. So one of the things that we do is we have a project member or a member project list, and we work off of that. So all of our members have these different planning events and projects that are going on throughout the year and they have campaigns that can stretch on to 10 years so uh, we get involved in a, in a very in a variety of different ways and one thing that we do does surround construction so we're there to help the members even plan their large construction projects from design to to, to when it's occupied and, and some of the challenges we've seen over the last couple of years have uh, have been those price increases that are associated with all the supply chain issues. And the supply chain deal 
kind of started in COVID uh, with, with the lack of supplies because the demand of supplies went up, right? It's just that basic supply and demand law, right? So we're there to kind of navigate that. And the, the beauty of like the GPO world and the premier landscape is that we've got these fixed prices uh, for the most part that are contracted out for a term, typically three years. And really that's the power of the premier GPO organization is we've got pricing that's already set and negotiated so that when we have these issues on a smaller scale, we're there to help to kind of add that stability to the market. Now, th that's completely been upside down over the last couple of years because uh, of COVID and other very various uh, just changes to the world. So traditionally, we wouldn't allow for like these price increases along, uh, along our membership, our supplier membership, but we've had to adjust because we have a duty to the suppliers as well as the members, right? We, we have conversations with our members on what they're seeing on these price increases. And we go back to the suppliers and talk to them about how can we, uh, how can we negotiate this, this increase down? How can we eliminate a price increase when it does, when the market does turn around, how can you help our members level out some of that pricing uh, when it gets better for you? So it's all about like communication. There's no real secret to eliminating price increases. It's just just so variable based on where we live, the time of the the year, any kind of events that are going on. And certainly, COVID uh, was the big event that that started that kick started these price increases. And it's probably here to stay, right? So we have other things that are going on uh, throughout the world that that we've seen. And honestly, I think suppliers they're, they're this is their new normal, right? So they're trying to figure out how they operate in this new world of, of uh, price increases. And it's, there's not an easy answer, but what we try to do for our members is just support, right? Like, what are you facing? What are your challenges and how can we help you move forward? Yeah. And what I've always like when I'm talking or working with members is just reminding them that where supply chain was when working with GPOs, like gosh, four or five years ago, that's where the facilities and construction uh, folks are at our member hospitals. They're just not familiar on how to work with the GPO, what we do. So I think a big part of what you all do is education, just educating the facility site directors, educating the general contractors, the subcontractors, and even our suppliers on how to align the contract and what the uh, positive side of actually working with us is. Yeah, I, I would agree. A lot of what we do is conversations and we're yeah. trying to get um, our hospital staffers to understand the value of the GPO. And we've got to be able to demonstrate that for them, right? So like we can just show up at the door and say, hey, I'm with Premier, I'm Hank Luton. Like, here's our contracts. You should buy from us because I'm with Premier. Well, it just doesn't work that way, right? Like we have constantly got to be showing value. And that's what we try to do. And we have a, a smallish team, but uh, we're out there and we're communicating with our members to try to demonstrate that. Now we do that in a number of ways. I'll jump back to the construction piece. A lot of our members and our construction management teams are, are the construction management firms, the general contractors. The traditional model has always been, look, you give me the specifications and the drawings, we're going to put it out to the street, it's going to be bid, we're going to then select the, the subcontractors that are going to perform this work, right? 
that's the traditional sense. And that's, that's kind of how we, we live today as well. But where we can help is really get involved with that project early on with the member. And then even as we're going into the design phase and talk to them about who are the contracted manufacturers that we can offer them that could potentially help on a price point, could, could potentially help with quality. And nowadays, even more important, can potentially help with lead time, right? So like the whole model's flipped. It used to be like, what's the lowest price? I want that one. Now it's like, what's the quickest item that can be delivered and installed? I want that one. So it's very volatile. But what I would say the key word is early, like get us engaged early and then we could have more of an impact on at least stabilizing that project and helping reduce any extra costs that are associated with a project not opening on time. Um, but it is education, right? And we're doing that all the time with our, with our members, our general contractors. It's, it's ongoing. And even architects, I mean, you said earlier, getting in there early, as these projects are developing and you're working with an architect, I think it's it's really important for your team to kind of be in those conversations just to educate them what is on contract so that they can use it when building the specifications. Yeah, you're absolutely um, right. I mean, the architect, the architect's the, definitely the one that's driving the what's going to be coming out of the ground. I mean, yeah. they have full control over those documents. And we want to make sure that the member understands it's their project. And we want to help them support the architect as they're drawing or as they're putting together those, those documents. But with the understanding that this is what the member wants, not necessarily what the architect wants or the general contractor. So when we're talking about cost increases and looking at standardization, how hard is it for member hospitals to standardize, especially around construction with our construction suppliers? Yeah, it's a great question, and it's definitely something that we're trying to get really good at. Like standardization, it starts at the member level, at the facility level, right? Well before a project is is kicking off. The goal would be, let's get a standardization program in place where you're, you've got a booklet that kind of tells you all of the interior finishes for any project that you could do or any renovation that you could do or any touch-up that you can do, right? And then that project comes around, and now you've already, you already know kind of what what's your what's your finishing finishes are going to be for that for that specific category which eliminates the time it takes for an architect to kind of vet out some of these the material and the equipment or the manufacturers and it really gives you that time back to start your pricing exercises and even some of your partnership talks with those manufacturers to get that stuff ordered early so that you can you can guarantee that the delivery of that item or that equipment is going to take place in a timely manner. The standardization is that that program is so key and it helps. It really helps our our manufacturers um, understand what that system is going to need and, and helps them to develop some sort of a keep stock or inventory so that, that you're not as a member running out of that stuff. It, it's not an easy thing to do. Standardization is probably the key term for 2022. If any of our members are talking about construction and facilities, it does revolve around standardization. And at the end of the day, it's really simple. It's like, what does the system want every room and facility to look like? How do we put that to a document? And then how do we transfer that to the projects that are coming? Awesome. So when we're looking at just the overall construction process and general contractors are being set, 
what's how does the member hospital really level set and make sure that they're in all the conversations and making sure that what their needs are are really being apparent in the the construction process yeah it's a great question Lacey. the biggest thing is just engagement uh, every uh, these these hospitals and these these systems have project managers now but back in 30 years ago, they just hired somebody that would do, do the work for them. Now they have ded dedicated project managers that are that are there for construction and renovations. Some of these systems have in-house design teams, in-house architects, but it's all about engagement, right? Engagement at various levels. So like with a, when a construction group is involved, uh, it's up to that member to sit in every meeting or have some sort of voice in every meeting, because at the end of the day, that construction group is going to walk away from that project and the occupancy is going to fall to the member and the member and who the member serves those patients and those visitors but it's really really about engagement it's really about engaging your gpo partner or any kind of partner that you have whether it's a value analysis team on site or it's hank luton with the premier facilities and construction team and, and to allow them into those conversations so that they might can they, they may hear words that trigger them or maybe able to advocate on your behalf, but it's certainly just it's engagement and communication with from the member to the general contractor or the construction management team. Um, because at the end of the day, I can't harp on this enough. Like it's truly that the owners and the and the members, it's your project, so it, it needs to be delivered as such. And there's a lot of vari variables that go into a construction project, but I think the old days of Hey, here's what we want to build. And then the construction group runs with it and builds what they kind of want to. I, I think that's over. Or it's it's trending towards a, a turn in that. We want the groups to be partners, right? We don't want one group dominating the other group. <clears throat> we want a true partnership out of everybody involved. And we, Premier and Conductive, want to help broker those those conversations. So can you just give us some information on how members can benefit with partnering? I know we've gone through a couple high level conversations about how they can benefit, but can you just get into the nitty gritty of how, how what they benefit from uh, by partnering with Premier and Conductive? The biggest thing that I would say about Conductive is, is the people that I've interacted with yourself and others are just top notch individuals. They're very, very hardworking. Um, very knowledgeable in, in their scope of work or whatever they're working on. <clears throat> so the benefit is you're adding, like, when you when you pull Conductive and Premier into a conversation, you're adding just high-level individuals with, with subject matter expert expertise to those conversations. So the benefit right there is you've got two parties that are now involved in your project or your facility or whatever initiative you've got going on. Conductive can help you on the let's just say facility related contracts they really have a great tool to run rfps and all that everybody knows if you're listening to this you, you're probably fully aware of that but they have the knowledge to, to know how to handle those rfps and then when you pull us in who we're labeled sub subject matter experts so when if it's a waste contract we can help identify the vendors for that market that would be able to participate in an RFP like that, we can identify like some of the pain points that the members had with some of those waste um, vendors. We can identify some of the savings metrics that could be established once a contract is, is awarded. So <clears throat> the benefit starts with 
just that that knowledge. So from there, I just think it just it strengthens uh, the partnership from for the member. So you've got you're aligned with Conductive, you're aligned with Premier, and we're bringing you opportunities, right? Opportunities to drive savings, opportunities for you to drive aggregation, which means just pulling different categories or different contracts together into one or two instead of having them spread throughout the instead of having 10 waste contracts you have one or two so so those those opportunities are endless and then again the third thing that i would just harp on is just support things come up in in a hospital setting that are very very reactive The, the cool thing about conductive is Everything they do is before stuff is awarded or before stuff is actually running, that they're in there and they're doing their due diligence to make sure that once a contract goes live, you've got the premier folks there that can help you support, but everything's proactive, right? Like there's enough stuff, like the ambulance pulls up to the front door, we got to get this guy in trauma room too, like that's reactive. The more stuff that Conductive and Premier can do on the pro, to be proactive, the better, and the benefits are just reaped by the member. I totally agree. And that was one of the reasons why I chose to move over to Conductive. There's just so many different opportunities, especially in the facilities and construction space, to where we can work with even subcontractors to put them on a potential contract that's going to benefit our our, our members, hospitals, find those savings. There's a ton of opportunity that we just haven't even tapped into. Yeah, I mean, I in a perfect world, I mean, like conductive, I mean, I don't see why conductive can't be the one, the, the vehicle that's running an RFP for a construction management firm who's already rostered under Premier, and then you, now you're aligning Premier contracts with that that project. And like the, the savings for the member is, that potential is huge, but the volume for Premier and conductive is huge as well. So I, I think there's endless opportunities. I, I really, truly yeah. think that we're kind of just barely scratching the surface on the conductive deal. Yeah, I totally agree. So, I mean, we talked a lot about our member hospital systems and what they benefit from when working with the GPO, you know, Premier and Conductive. But what did our suppliers get by building a relationship with us? <clears throat> yeah. So, I mean, really what I tell suppliers who are not a part of our our premier program our premier gpo is that and it's true every every system or hospital in the country is a part of the gpo they have to be they're trying to leverage pricing uh, at a national level or a regional level to to kind of to to help stabilize the market they're trying to get pricing in advance and guaranteed and stock guaranteed so that they don't run into any kind of shortages or issues. But so that's powerful, right? Like if a supplier wants to call in a hospital, I think one of the questions that should be first from a member is like, what, what GPO are you, are, are you a part of Premier or what GPO are you affiliated with? But I think <clears throat> the suppliers really benefit from the connection. So we're connecting our suppliers with our members via contacts, introductions, um, but also all of our projects that are live and that are that our members are allowing us to put out that information to the public. So it gives them more of an opportunity to get involved at the member level or the facility level to to sell their products or their service or their equipment or whatever. I mean, that's their job. 
every supplier has field teams or uh, sales reps that are out there. They make money based on what they can sell. And there's so many out there, right? So who do you, you got to have, you have to have people that vet this stuff. And that's where we, you, we can play a large part in that. And so all of our contracts uh, on the premier side are vetted by our contracting team. And then they're, they're voted on by our member committee. So like the quality of our contracts is really high. But what I would say to suppliers is we can connect you to information faster. We can connect you to people quicker and we can connect you to projects a little bit more streamlined than the traditional process. So for instance, like if I'm an electrical dis- distribution company, traditionally I would just wait by the phone and, and an electrical contractor is going to call me to price out a job for whoever the member is in their large project. So now with the information we're getting them, the connections we're getting them, they have access on their own to talk about the planning part of it. So maybe instead of the switch gear that's going to go into a large project, just waiting on the contractor to call them, maybe they've already partnered with the member and we've got the pricing really, really good. And oh, by the way, we're going to order it super early so that we know that it's going to be here when we need it. So that's a huge benefit for the member and the supplier. And it also gets the supplier more engaged with that member. So the next five projects that they have, maybe that's the same model. Now it's up to the supplier to show value. So show value by price, show value by guaranteed delivery time, show value by being responsive. <clears throat> so there's a number of different ways. They continue continually have to prove themselves. But I think uh, overall, the suppliers that we are contracted with are super happy with the connection levels that we're giving them, but also just with their volume. If if they if they didn't have volume going up, they probably wouldn't be a premier supplier very long. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Some of our like we have, I, or I'm sorry, so the facilities and construction team have so many different strategic partnerships with a lot of suppliers to where they're really building out the relationship with those suppliers, bringing them in, having strategic conversations, and just strategizing on how to really approach each member and what they need to do, just looking at the overall category. So there's, I think there's just a ton of opportunities, both on the GPO side, bringing in new suppliers, but also with the current suppliers, just being able to leverage their contract with our member hospital systems. Yeah, I agree. And, and, and even pulling conductive into it, like yeah, the, uh, what you just described is like engagement and conductive. So if I'm, a, if I'm in supply chain at a hospital, and you're like, oh man, we've got a, somebody comes in, hey, we need to bid this waste management contract out. The pricing's all wacky. The service is bad. I'm the one that's doing it, right? Like I've got to, now I've got to gather vendors. I've got to kind of figure out how to write an RFP. And like the power that, that Conductive has, in my opinion, is they have the ability to do that for you, right? Like, let me do that for you so you can go back and do your regular job because nobody's hired just to run RFPs in a system. So let me, let me pull that off of you. So it's just super efficient, right? To let somebody do that for you while you're getting input from the member and then going through that process. So like the engagement that I see with conductive is super valuable. Again, a year ago, I might not have said that, but <laughs> having more knowledge on the process and, and being in certain meetings and <clears throat> I'm a big fan of conductive and I really just find a lot of value in what they're offering our members. And 
it's really driving our facilities and construction team to continue to try to find value as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a platform that we can utilize when working in that subcontractor space. I mean, there's just a huge opportunity, especially looking at diverse the diversity goals, working with some of our subcontractors to bring them even on contract um, to hit some of those goals for our member hospital systems. So there's a ton of opportunity that we just haven't tapped into, but I'm really excited I thank you so much, Hank, for your time today and thank everybody for listening.